shouldn't. You should wait for me to like put these headphones on. Oh. Otherwise, you're going to tell me I'm echoing the whole time. There we go. Uh, I don't know, Phoenix. You'll have to let me know. Um, because I'm not seeing okay. a notification, but Twitch has also been weird for me lately about hosting and things. Uh, as you can, I think we're good. Alrighty, actually, you are. Hold on, overlaying. Why you do this to me? There we go. <laughs> um, sin was a little bit shorter than everyone else by about a quarter inch. <laughs> this is probably the only time that that will ever be true. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say welcome to my life that that's fair uh and welcome to the show everybody we're back for beacons of kenos try episode six and i just realized i didn't have any tunes going so let me get this song going um so yeah we're back and last time um was an absolute fun time but before that i should actually uh let y'all introduce yourselves so before we get into playing the game um let's go overlay order so sin ro nins do the thing. Tell people where to find you. Um, hello, my name is Cynthia Emperor of the Sunflowers. I am um, of the He Him Kingdom. My character's name is Rue, who is from the He They Dynasty. Um, you can find me on Twitch at Cynthia Beta, where you'll find me talking about um, world building and story things and RPGs and how much Waka annoys me. You can also find me um, on Twitch on Mondays and Tuesdays at 8pm Eastern. Also yelling at Waka live about everything that he says because it's awful. But Final Fantasy X is fun. Hey y'all, I'm Ro. My pronouns are he, they interchangeably, and I play Danica, whose pronouns are she, they interchangeably. And um, I'm a game designer, writer, editor, and sensitivity reader. And uh, you can find me mostly at Twitter at MonroeRo98, where I just, I don't know what I do at this point, but it's a lot of fun. Too much, that is the thing. It's a lot, I believe. <laughs> Um, I believe the good sir here has uh, published a thing that tells you exactly what it is that they do. Like editing and copy editing and sensitivity reading and their rates and things. Yes, indeed. Um, hello, I am Ninbins at Ninbins. My, um, I, I hail from the same uh, empire of he, him, um, I play Barry of the They Vampire. Um, I love this. Thank you. And you can find me. You can find me around the internet. You know, being a big old nerd. And mostly being responsible for unleashing me on everyone. Haha. And I am Eric, a.k.a. Eldritch Crow, uh, court jester of the He-They dynasty. 
and I'll be your narrator for the evening. Uh, we are also missing one Rainy, aka Rained Keys, on Twitter. And that is because uh, she is currently out doing things for school-related things, as far as I know. She should be joining us about halfway through the session, hopefully, uh, if all goes well. So, we will have to uh, write out Alyssa for a little bit. But, that's fine. Um, so, to kind of recap last game uh gosh how do i summarize this y'all talked with a very gender fluid vampire had some interesting conversations with other npcs and rue made friends with one cosmic deity and potentially annoyed another um though the other seemed more just basically put out than anything else for being yoinked I mean, I don't know if they were put out or honestly just confused. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I expect I expect confusion is a regular state for them, to be quite honest, because they just show up places without knowing why. But uh, it's their own fault, too, which is all the better. Well, I mean, for fairness, it literally can't be their fault. They just appear where they're summoned and at no other time. Yep. But that's what they get for leaving me on vacation and not letting me go home. And I want that to be clear. That part is their fault. I, I mean, that's what they get for stealing Aldrich powers beyond their mortal kin. Yep. Also true. Uh, also, it is partially your fault for calling them because you took actions that uh, <laughs> made, the con made the cosmos sit up and take notice. You... You said, hey, do you want to be friends? And I said, yes. How is that my fault? They were your actions taken. Um, all, all I mean is that... You, you should have just ignored... You should have just ignored the person talking to you who clearly wanted to be friends. You should have ignored them. Or just, like, sticky-noted it for later. Who knows? Uh, but... That said, uh, you all were requested by Venat, the local vampiric doctor, to go check out a um, slightly dangerous scenario where the local giant hummingbirds were starting to kind of go after people who were collecting their feathers for various means. Venat likes to use their feathers and collect the oils from them specifically so that um, he can uh, create certain healing items from the oils. Um, and unfortunately, the uh, what are known as uh, amber crested hummingbirds in the Titan Skull Woods have been a little bit um, angry is an understatement as of late. And so you all decided to help him out. You briefly visited the library while Rue had a conversation and um, that's where we open our show. You all had just or were just about to leave town for the woods. Now, to give you all a bit of an idea and a refresher of what these woods are, they are a couple hours outside of town. So, you know, kind of that distance where it's like they'd be one town over by our definition, really. Um, and they're known as the Titan Skull Woods because over time they have effectively grown up around a massive skull that has two curled horns that arc backwards from its forehead 
No one knows where it comes from or how long it was in the mountain that became this plateau, but what everyone does know is that in the years that these woods have been growing, everything there grows a little bit bigger. Um, we're talking like California redwoods if you just, you know, took them and like pinched the corners outwards a little bit. So that's kind of where you all are headed. Is there anything you would like to do, talk about, um, anyone you'd like to interact with before you head out? Uh, note uh, that you will like... need a method to bring the feathers back with you because they are soon okay. to be fairly big. Yeah, so I would be stopping by the barracks. Um, I'd probably look for my sister to say bye real quick. Okay, yeah. And she... um, grab my mess my messenger bag, just like dump its contents onto my bed and then just leave. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, your sister Leo just basically claps you on the shoulder and says, back to work already, huh? Yeah, kind of last minute, but um, it's something to do. Uh, fair enough. If you gotta keep busy, you gotta keep busy. Just, um, careful, okay? Here the woods have been a little rough lately. Yeah, uh, thanks. I'll, uh, if I catch you when I get back, I'll say hi. Yep, you got it. And then Leo, um, basically goes back to arm wrestling one of the other Glean Wardens. Yep, sounds about right. You know, as they do. So, um... <laughs> I don't know how else to explain this other than uh, these feathers, I believe I compared them to the size of like palm fronds before, depending on how you find them. And the idea here is to bring back, you know, potentially multiple bundles of them if you can, that have just been kind of strewn about the forest floor. So you are all welcome to either, you know, just bring a couple packs and load them in carefully or figure out a way you'd like to carry them otherwise. Um, Barry has planted a, a small flax bush onto his shoulder, um, and he is constantly growing um, new strands of flax to weave a um, feather basket. An interesting choice. Um, would you all to walk or would you like to find a way to kind of ride out to the woods up to you I think I would um, take a walk I do not want the, the angry birds as it were attacking whatever animals we bring out over there yeah yeah that's fair a fair point um, also, it probably makes, you know, like things easier for scouting purposes if we don't bring multiple things with varying scents and smells in case we have those kind of things lurking about. Very true. You are not incorrect. So, uh, in that case, it's a walking montage for at least a couple hours. Uh, <laughs> and Correction, it's a walking and weaving montage. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, you all will basically see... Are you see... walking, weaving, and whistling? Um, no, Barry's too uh, focused on, on weaving. He's making straps for these baskets. 
Oh gosh, all the music running through my head right now for this. So, uh, we have a walking and weaving montage, and as you, <laughs> as you walk kind of away, this is moving like somewhat northeast, uh, or more in an easterly direction from town, I guess. And you can see the woods kind of growing on the horizon as you approach, but everything's still temperate. You can see some clouds like gathering off in the distance. There might be some rain that happens soon, um, at least within the next couple of days coming off the mountains. And you can see kind of the silhouettes of the mountains. It's this interesting tiered effect of like you have your current foreground surroundings, which are just open fields. And Rue, you didn't notice this quite before, but now that you're kind of walking this kind of dirt road, I guess you could say, you notice that the area around you does have some tall grasses. They're actually growing out of a broad field of moss that you assume just covers, you know, the stone of the mountain beneath you. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a spongy feeling as you walk across uh, these things. On top of that, You'd also notice as you go, um, you know, these... I don't know how else to describe them. I mentioned them in an earlier episode where a child accidentally bumped into one, um, but there are these floating, almost pufferfish-looking plants. And you can see them just kind of spiraling off into the distance, hanging out. Some of them are letting loose puffs of steam. You can also see what appear to be horses uh, off to your left, uh, wild horses actually, but they don't have... Uh, legs from basically their shoulders down they are nothing but mist and clouds and you see that they each have a singular kind of broad scythe like horn coming up from their forehead you also notice uh, sort of mid ground if we were looking at this in the idea of a picture are the woods growing against the horizon and then behind them is the silhouette of the mountains and the mountain peaks it's kind of this very beautiful layered image. And so, um, is there anything besides weaving and all that that you all would like to do while you walk? Any any desired interactions by any chance? Oh, Rue, I should probably give this back to you. And I give them back their sword. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, this uh, it's probably important for what we're going to be doing, so... Hmm. You have a point, but I think for now, we can just put that away. The sword disappears. <laughs> in a puff of flower petals. Of course, and the very mild breeze <laughs> just sort of... Very, uh, Yakia versus Ichigo. You just see the petals kind of dissolve into the wind and get swept away. Uh, for any Bleach fans in the audience, that was a rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I just had a major flashback to when I was like 12 watching that scene for the first time um I was tiny how many tiny. have I woven by now um I'd say considering you can grow the materials for it actively out of your own shoulder you can get um I'd say probably three done it's going to be about a four hour trip, and I would assume it's, you know, close to one per hour. So your last one won't quite be finished by the time you reach the woods. I will say one thing. Um, 
the berry, which is, oh, do those baskets have enclosures? What do you mean? Enclosures. For what? You know, like, keeping a lid on the baskets for when we have to carry them back in case we run into Oh no, they're especially designed so that they'll keep the feathers in. Hmm. Okay. How do they do that? Well, when you're weaving them, you weave them in a very specific pattern so that when anyone tries to pull them out, the feather itself gets caught on the flax, but doesn't ruin the feather unless they try to just tear it out. Then, of course, it will ruin the feather. Does that also work for weather conditions like wind and such? Oh, yeah, the water will go straight through. Nifty. They're very loose weave baskets. <laughs> a, a, a bit of a flexible weave, we'll say. Um, and and there are straps for you to wear them. So here you go. Oh, you, you basically built like a wearable harvest basket. That's cool. I like that. Rue, it doesn't quite match your outfit, but... I was concerned about this. Uh, I can it, get it dyed later. It's it's a little yeah, off. I was just rushed. It's a little off tone. <laughs> well, Barry, I have to... I, I kind of, like, glance around and glance at Danica for a second and say, well, you know, I have to say, I'm su I am surprised you have deemed me worthy of carrying such a, such a thing. Um, I will do my best to protect it. And, um... Shouldn't we be at a good position to kind of scout around for things by now? Uh, this would be the point where Alyssa would break off and begin scouting. So, Alyssa is your scouting ranger, and hopefully we'll have Rainy back soon. Um... Well, I don't know if... Well, I mean, I guess it is a social skill, so never mind that one. Yes, I can't politics our way ah. of finding things out here. I do have observation as a skill. Which you can I, use. I would like to use Claire I would like to use my Clarabancy skill. Interesting. Attempting to find the path, as it were. So we we know we're looking for hummingbirds, right? Yes. So does Clarabancy like I know that it lets me look back and forth through time, but does it also let me look at things at a remote distance? It may not let you look for things at a remote distance, but it would let you look for has something passed through this area recently, which could help. Okay, then that is something I will do. Okay. Um, what's your skill level for this? It is two. Two? I'll set this, you know what, I'll set this at a one. Uh, you're not under any kind of stress right now, so it'll be a pretty easy check to make. Okay. Especially since you know your targets, so you're like, has a hummingbird passed through this area? And then your vision goes, that's so Raven for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I suppose this is about as close as, you know, this is within range of where we need to go. So let's have ourselves a look. First draw of the day. Damn. Okay. Nice. Uh, 
Well, you definitely succeed because I only pulled an eight. Um, so yeah, you between you and Alyssa, like it takes you a little bit. I would say Alyssa probably has to start finding the first traces of things because you sort of have vague directions towards the meadow where the hummingbirds tend to congregate. It tends to be in the more um, basically you you kind of came up from the southwest portion of the woods. And the meadow tends to be slightly northeast of the skull. So uh -huh. keeping the skull in view and kind of giving it a wide berth because everyone finds it um, very dangerous and very haunted. Uh, you all start to find these traces and then using your powers as you start to find sort of the first branches that are broken. You immediately have this kind of flash of just the quick beating of wings, which sounds... Imagine like a quieter helicopter blade mm -hmm. as these move through the space. And as you kind of start to follow this trail, you can see through your vision that this one hummingbird is weaving through the trees. You all stumble upon a single bright green feather about this long, slightly smaller than usual, but it is actually just rotating lightly and floating in midair as you circle around one of the large sequoia trees. Um, a question, mm -hmm. because I have a question about card draws. Do, do kings cascade still? Uh, if you choose them to, you can either choose that they cascade or you can choose a separate perk if you have something you want to happen. Um, as a separate, like, can I, can I bank a card? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Okay. Then that is what I would like to do. I would like to bank a card. You are more than welcome to. Uh, so you find um, sort of in an area where there's been a lot of activity, you can see that the more of the smaller branches of the trees have been broken here. More of the leaves have fallen to the ground. You see just this one feather turning and floating in midair, almost as though under zero gravity. This looks unusual. Um, Nins, how familiar do you think Barry is with these woods? Do you, do you think he often travels out here or they often travel out here? Yeah, I think Barry does um, often travel out here just to um, keep an eye on, on what's happening. Um, you know, uh, as the seasons change, he he comes through just to see, you know, what's um, the most uh, prevalent species in the area. Okay, so you'd be familiar with this a little bit. Um, in that case, I won't make you make a check or anything. You would know that in order for hummingbirds this large to fly, they have actually adapted a mode of lightening their bodies and it tends to apply to their feathers as well so they have a bit of a magical adaptation in order to make sure they can defy gravity a bit and they mostly use their wings for one propulsion and two uh, i'd say uh kind of course correction midair so uh, i'm going to remember that about them 
yeah when i was creating these creatures in the background i had a thought of like wait super large hummingbirds would not function without a way to lighten themselves <laughs> so here we are um that said uh the feather is just floating any of you would like to do anything about it Like the feathers are either face. I'm assuming we, some of us would know this is rather unusual for a feather to just do, yeah? Yeah, for those of you that are unfamiliar with these birds, like Danica and Rue, this is weird. For Barry, this is just a walk in the woods. <laughs> yes. Uh, How far up so is it? It's, um, oh, that's a good question. It would probably be about two to three feet over your heads. So they were hovering like relatively low for their size when they skimmed between these trees. And it appears that this quill was probably just knocked out when they clipped a branch on their way by. Well, <laughs> Phoenix I can in go chat grab that. says buoyant birds. I can go buoyant that, I guess. Um, um, yeah. I'm going to just jump up to go grab the feather and give myself a little boost with some wind magic. You absolutely can, and you manage to snatch the feather out of midair. Um, is it in red or black? Red. Black. Uh, so you snatch the feather, nothing seems out of sorts, and uh, you slightly flutter back to the ground. And off in the distance, you can't really tell where it's coming from uh, in the strange way that um, people would tend to have. You get a little bit of an echo off the trees, almost, and you do hear the slight beating of wings off in the distance. I believe our quarry is afoot, or at least that's what I would say if I were some hunter type, but I'm clearly not that. So, um, I'm guessing we want to go after these things. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, your your um, job is to yeah. retrieve as many feathers oh, no, as you can. Is, no, I'm I'm. This is a like me asking a character to the other's question. Uh, uh, yeah, just. Do I? Uh, so I know that these. Uh, we know that these hummingbirds prefer well prefer a particular type of giant flower that grows in this area, but do I, would I would I happen to know if they have a more diverse diet? Like, do they feed... Have other um, things they like, basically. Yeah. You would know that um, they tend to prefer anything sweet. They tend to go Great. for um, nectar from flowers as their primary, but if they can find fruits that are small enough for them to crack open or break, they will do so, um, and that sort of thing. They are primarily herbivores, so they will not go after any other animals unless they are defending themselves for the most part. So, um, in that case, I am going to detach the flax plant from my shoulder i am going to plant it firmly in the uh, rather i'll use geomancy to dig a small area for it to settle into 
Um, and then I will make it grow using the local energy. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you to make a geomancy check just to see mm -hmm. how effective this is and how effective this might be at drawing in uh, a bird or two. So I'm going to use, I'm going to pull uh, a card that is a two of diamonds, but I would also like to use a banked card that I've had from a previous session. Absolutely. So uh, you can spend one potential uh, to do so. Great. Um, and I, that means that is a jack and a two. A jack and a two. All right. Well, I pulled a seven for the difficulties. The recovery, though. Yeah, very lucky. So you have a bit of trouble um, transplanting the flax plant at first. Uh, we'll say that that's sort of getting it to take root is uh, the two in this scenario. But once you manage to get through that portion of the work, it tends to start growing very quickly. And then once it's taken root, you're sort of um, you're acting kind of as this magical conduit for the space. So you are the thing that is directly connecting the energy of the flax plant to the energy of the area. And you started off and you're kind of controlling it like a valve. And you immediately oh. can tell when the flax plant takes root because you get slammed with an unnatural presence of the wild. It is not overwhelming but you were unprepared for it and so the flax plant sort of has to the rest of you you see as barry is focusing the flax plant takes root and then it has this almost explosive moment of growth before it comes back under control hmm. uh so at, at a certain stage of them uh maturity flax plants actually grow flowers mm -hmm. and they are particularly sweet Look so, at that plant knowledge. Yeah, would, I love it. You would witness kind of this explosive burst of growth, and that's when the flowers start to bud. And they very rapidly, you kind of dial back things a bit so that the plant doesn't overwhelm the area. And then you start to see these flowers bloom, and they are quite beautiful and quite fragrant. Um, red or black to see if this attracts a hummingbird, we'll say. Black. It is a jack of spades. So, you all kind of take a moment, and you haven't made it to the grove where the hummingbirds tend to hang out yet. But you wait, and maybe perhaps with a bit of Rue's help, you coax the uh, breeze to carrying the scent a bit farther than it normally would. And eventually, you do hear the beating of wings but it is inconsistent. Rue, from your vision, you kind of... It's its almost hiccuping. It's starting and stopping. And you see... It would almost be comical if it wasn't a little bit sad. You see this sort of mid-sized large hummingbird come through with very clearly a broken wing, sort of using one wing to course correct itself. And... Uh, awkwardly get its way through the trees and when it sees you all it does startle can i can i assist the bird 
you can. Um, it will carry it in a bit of an unexpected way closer to the plant, so it is a little skittish right now, I would say. And you can I would see... Like to, what I would like to do is give it a gentle... Like, use aromancy to give it a gentle air current to guide its way um, to as close to the plant as it wishes to go. Okay. Uh, what's your aromancy skill level? I'll have you make a check for this. Two. All right. I will set this... I'll set this at a two because this is a very refined use of aromancy in this way. <laughs> How dare you say I'm not refined? <laughs> How dare? Perhaps precise was the term. Ah. Uh. Exact, even. I drew a seven and a nine. Oh, lucky. Beat me by one. So yeah, um, it takes you a little bit. Um, there's a point where you... You start off and you have to slowly dial in not necessarily the strength or breadth of the current, but the actual speed of it so that the hummingbird can control itself. It does wind up very tentatively landing near the plant, but it knows you all are there and is very um, uncomfortable, skittish would be a word. It looks about ready to um, normally it would try and escape, but it's taking a very like standoffish uh, position right now. Oh, and we have. We have a rainy. Uh, so that's sad. Let me just... We're, uh, we're doing it live! Um, yeah, let me just I fix up at, our overlay here. I look at Barry and go, Hey Barry, do you know how to do medical things for birds? Um, no. I, I do know how to do basic medical things for most creatures. Uh, but birds same. in particular, no. I'm going to remain tiny for a moment while I fix all of these things. I also need... Oh, Alyssa has a survival. <laughs> I have survival as a stat. Does that, does oh, that, does nice. that mean you know how to, you know, do things for birds? Yes. Hold on. So uh, we got... It just... oh, burb, wait, burb what trip. I should do is... Wounded burb. Huh? Sorry, I missed all of this because I was taking tickets because, uh, you know, theater person who had to do a two o'clock matinee. <laughs> I have no idea what was just thrown. That was my bracelet and it hit a bag of dice. Oh, that's why I had a bit of a funny noise to it. Did it hit a stack of cards? No, it did not. I don't know where my cards are. That's fine. Thankfully, Rainy somehow managed to be perfectly centered on one of these captures. This is what happens when I try to clean when my parents visit because I miss it and my mic is alive and I understand this. So y'all can have a general laugh at my inability to find shit later. It's fine. I'll worst comes to worst, we can have someone else play your cards for you. Yeah. I have several decks of cards I could use. All right, I need to make myself not tiny now. Great. There we go. Sorry. sorry it is sorry, perfectly sorry, fine. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay, first go. off, that is more apologies than even my Canadian ass can handle, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, 
All right. So, uh, overlay is fixed. We are good to go. Rainy for a recap. Um, recaps. We're out here. We're in the woods and we found a burb. Yeah. Um, Alyssa has been scouting around. Alyssa and Rue were able to kind of put their heads together and uh, start finding a path to find these hummingbirds. You all stumbled upon a single feather that was just floating in zero gravity. Um, and Barry recalled that uh, the birds have a method of making themselves lighter magically so that they're actually able to fly and it tends to give their feathers a bit of a weightless effect. On the other side of things, um, Barry also planted a flax plant and attracted a hummingbird. So Barry is being Barry, and it's wonderful. Um, and you all have attracted this uh, wounded hummingbird with one broken wing, and it's about mid-sized, so I would say... Oh, baby. It's it's not a baby by any means. It is. Um, but for these actual hummingbirds, they are on the. It is the size of a. Young, but still fully grown horse. Like, remember, these things were used as mounts. I mean, yes, but I'm talking about the age of the species in general. It's it's old enough to it's you, just turned old enough to drink. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't know how old it is looking at it. That's one thing Alyssa kind of can't tell just because the size of these birds throws it off by a lot. Like the size of these birds, they could live much longer than normal hummingbirds. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, But we are looking at... So I look at this. um, I'm looking. We're looking at a wounded bird that is close to the flower and wants the flower. Oh, actually, I have medicine and survival. Uh, Necromancers. Kind of look at Alyssa and go. um, I have both those skills too. I kind of just. I have medicine. This is me looking at everyone and being like, "Does anybody know how to like heal or mend this?" (laughs) And Um, everybody just pulls out medical tape like. <laughs> I mean, uh, man, Alyssa's mom actually worked with birds, though, so I don't know if that gives me a slight bit of an edge. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it more than likely would. You'd at least be able to tell like what's broken and in what way it's broken, which will give you a lot more, you know, direct means to deal with it. <laughs> in that case, um, well, I'd... should we probably should we try to indicate to the bird here that we don't mean it any harm and we only mean to help? I have empathy as a skill, but I don't know. You could make an attempt on this. Uh, It would be difficult just because the bird doesn't really understand you all, unless you have means to communicate with it uh, that I'm unaware of. So one thing, too, I should describe is this this bird is a vibrant like gem green, but it has what looks like um, along its beak and almost like splashed across its forehead between its eyes in this brilliant bright crest is this golden amber-like material. So this poor thing was ambushed while trying to eat the flower. Potentially? It's hard to tell. You haven't examined it yet to tell. You can just tell that its wing is non-functional at this point. Could, Could I use my pyromancy in a medical way? You can absolutely try. What would you like to do? To help, because I'm sure it's in pain and it's probably like inflamed. So I'd like to use my pyromancy to either like absorb the heat or like heat it up. So like the swelling goes down around the wing. 
I want to be a is... I want to be a heating pad. I'm gonna be basically. That is exceedingly clever. So I will say yes. That will lower the difficulty of any checks made to attempt to heal this bird. So... Hi, hello. I Do only I... have one card. Should well, I use a pyromancy check or a medicine check? No, I'll just say that you just do it okay. um, because okay. this is kind of going to be a group effort thing, I would imagine. So we're going to say normally I was um, depending on who makes the medicine check, I'm probably going to set that difficulty at a three. So you'll lower that difficulty to a two. And then if anyone else has any ideas, they can attempt to further lower that difficulty as well. Um, what does vigor as a what does a what does vigor as a skill allow you to do? Vigor is your own like personal athleticism and personal health. Um, it would but allow you. It would allow you some understanding of like whether or not the creature is healthy to look at. Um, but that's about it in this instance. I don't. Well, I have an idea, but I'll have to wait for the rest of the team to like share some stuff before I speak on this idea. Okay, Harry, you had an idea. Um, tapping into that same energy, I I was tapped into earlier. Barry will grow a fruit. Um, Barry will grow a fruit from his from his beard. Um, and 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 he will lace it with um chemicals that normally put birds to sleep or, or rather animals and considering this is an animal of a large size it's, it's got to be a big brood that is an interesting concept um okay so barry you would know there is actually like a native plant that puts things to sleep as its defense mechanism in this area but don't those plants, aren't the birds largely unaffected by those particular plants? The birds are only largely unaffected because they have long enough beaks to sip nectar without disturbing the plant's petals. Ah, alright. Uh, could, could any of you mind uh, finding for me uh, when, um, and I just find in, the plant? Are we in front of one such flower? Uh, no, not currently. You'll have to root around for one a little bit. Uh, but basically, these flowers are a vibrant, vibrant purple, almost like, think a deeper lavender or almost an orchid. Um, but if you took the color of the orchid and, like, spread it out throughout the entire petal. And they are kind of a bell-shaped um, collection of petals. And you can definitely see that, like, the hummingbirds have kind of this natural advantage because it is... Uh, effectively the pollen of the plant that puts creatures to sleep because the plant will spit it in their faces if they try and uh, take any of the petals. The plants themselves are huge. Um, everything grows bigger in this area, including the plants. So this flower is probably tall enough where like one of you could potentially... It's... <laughs> I don't know how else to describe this other than it is roughly tuba-sized. Um, if, if you were okay. to just like cut the plant and try and take it home, you could carry it like a duo. Um, my inner band geek is showing, but it's fine. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, though. I yep. mean, tuba, tuba, tubas are very good a sizing of <laughs> really flowers, especially bell-shaped flowers. Listen, I'm not um, gonna. <laughs> if it's accurate, it's accurate. 
a tuba and not a sousaphone? <laughs> oh god, no. Sousaphones are too big for this. Larger? No. Are they larger? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they wrap they very around much the are. whole body. Um, um. But yeah, these plants are uh, colloquial known, colloquially known as slumberjack plants. Um, one for the pun and two because they knock you on your ass. Uh, so three for the pun. Yeah, three for the pun, basically. Um... <laughs> But yeah, with Alyssa's tracking skills and uh, a little bit of Barry's knowledge for the description, Alyssa, uh, if you choose, you can absolutely find one of these plants nearby. I mean, I'm not touching it. I'm pointing it out. Mr. Windboy over there can disturb this bird. <laughs> I mean, disturb the plant for the for the pollen. Are you Mr. saying this Wind in character? Boy? You know what? Fuck it. If yeah, you... she'll say this in character. She's tired. She's been tracking all day. The large-ass okay. forest. I have a name, Feather Girl. <laughs> I'm Barry. Barry's <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, at least with that sense of humor. <laughs> uh, the anime moment has been complete. Thank you for your time and energy. <laughs> just a chibi berry like, in the background pops up. Berry. I'm Barry. Alyssa just like barely cracks a smile. I mean, all the same, bro. Would you mind? It'll be easier to um, take care of the wing itself if you could. Oh, I would, I would not, and I would be happy to go with you in case you run into any trouble. Thank you. An interesting thought. Would either of you like there to be trouble? <laughs> no, thank you. No, we're trying like to, to heal a bird. Please. I would like to. I, I would like to. I would like to heal the bird before there's trouble. Very well. There will be trouble. In, there would be trouble anyway. There's gonna be trouble like, anyways. But please, can we like just take happen. care of the one thing and then? It's mm -hmm. not even the one thing. I just want to have the wholesome moment because it's wholesome, you know. No, absolutely. Um, so you, we're gonna kind of montage through you finding the plant because I'm not gonna make you make a check for that. Alyssa's a good enough tracker to find a goddamn plant in the woods. And um, when, when she finds it, I would like to use. Um, There are two ways that we can do this. So, uh, can I use limits to teleport the plant? An interesting thought. Uh, yeah, you absolutely could. I mean, Barry teleports through plants now, with limits. Why can't we teleport the plant? I would like to take. I would like to teleport the plant, not necessarily the full way to the camp, because I don't know if that's what limits would let me do, and I only have like a level one at limits. However, I would like to use limits to put the plant as close to us as possible and i would like to use aromancy to wrap the plant in kind of a wind bubble so that if any of the pollen comes out it stays trapped in the bubble next to the plant and doesn't like sprawl out all over the place in the woods this and you is... know knock us all out <laughs> yeah this is uh very clever and i enjoy this so um the first thing i'm gonna have you do 
is I'm going to ask either Sin or Rainy to make a red or black check. Um, you want me to do this, Sin? Sure. Sure, why not? Red. It is black. Damn it. So, um... Sorry. Sorry for what? This I don't know if this was to let this be really cool and serve... And, and succeed, or this was just no. Uh, this this was to see um, whether or not uh, the plant is fully intact. So as you both discover this plant, you do notice that part of its stalk, which is fairly hardy considering how large this plant is, appears to have been bent by something very large and tipped so that the plant could be tipped downwards. But that said, Rue, um, I'm going to need you to make a check. Or? Uh, simply for teleporting the plant. Um, this is a, a luminance check. I'll set it at one because, again, you're not under any stress for this. And we'll just see how it goes. I'm not going to make you make a check for the aromancy because I feel like that's just a thing you could do. Okay, uh, so I pulled a queen. But ties go to the players, so you are well, you very fortunate with that. <laughs> um, queen, wait, are queens and jacks about the same level now? Uh, yeah, queens and jacks both count for ten. Oh, okay. Keep math easy. So that said, um, this is interesting. So you do effectively manage to teleport the plant, and you do so safely. It is. I'd say perhaps a stretch of your focus because it's a manipulation of two very different magical effects at once. Um, but you managed to do it and you feel it's almost like you just had a good magical workout and you pushed yourself a little bit. It's it's quite satisfying. Um, but you do both manage to get the plant back to Barry for specific harvesting. And Barry, you notice that there is a collection of the pollen that has been swept up into this somewhat uh, cloud of energy that Rue has built up. I... Barry, do you want me to just drop the pollen on our bird friend here? Yes, that would be lovely. <laughs> okay. So I take the bubble of wind and I change its shape into a funnel so that the pollen pours out. Very well. Um, the bird kind of senses this disturbance in the wind, but doesn't, you know, the, the fruit that Barry has gifted it is keeping it occupied. And so it sort of just hits it over the eyes and over the beak, and then it inhales. And you hear what can only amount to an adorable bird sneeze before it just starts to drift off to sleep. And you can see it kind of like teeter for a second, but instead of falling over, it just tilts in zero gravity and falls asleep in midair. <laughs> I mean, here, just because we're going for maximum oo-woos in this description, does it curl up a little bit? Uh, it does curl up as best it can, despite the wounded wing. There is a funny moment, though, where the way it tilts puts its wounded wing towards the ground, so you all have to find a way to sort of, like, rotate it mid-air to get it at a good level for uh, you all to treat it. Alyssa's just, like, poking it up with her with her bow, because it's 
literally half her height. No, it's actually exactly her height. Yeah, it's basically a balloon. Um, I can basically make a, I could, if we need to make one, I could make a small, like, um, kind of tube, if you will, of a light breeze to keep it balanced in one direction if it has an outstretched wing. Barry yeah. just grows really tall grass. Oh, it's still. To lift up the, to lift up the, the wing. There's now a gurney made out of flax. <laughs> yep, basically. Yep. Um, so it this is, is fast asleep. Um, this is why you bring the plant boy. This is why we bring plant boy. Um, um, Alyssa is going to climb up the grass to take a look at that wing and to treat it. So let's, let's check that now, dear DM. Um, um, does this feather look like it? The feather that we collected earlier, does it look like it belonged to this bird or a bird that looks like this one? No, this bird looks like it's a bit too small for this particular feather to belong to it. It was most likely an older bird that passed through the same space. Okay. Birds shed feathers uh, all the time. Yeah. Um, Very also grows uh, straight branches um, to, to split the bird's wing. Okay. I would say with all the work that's been put into this, this difficulty check has been lowered to a one. So this is going to be... A, a one versus one medicine check here. Okay. Uh, for whoever wants to take the medicine check, of course, because I know multiple multiple of you have the skill. I can shake it, take it. I haven't really contributed much. <laughs> I um, just pointed out the flower. I'm back. What's that? Uh, that's a five. Seven of hearts. Hey, nice. So it takes you a bit. I'm going to say the work here probably takes you a solid hour or so. So we're talking like you are into the afternoon now um, for sure. And you start off by splinting the wing. You make sure the bird is fast asleep. There may there may be a uh, yes. Sin, go go sit down and do the thing. Okay. Sit. Um, we will not require things of Rue for a few minutes. You are fine. Just have your ears on so, or have your headphones on so we can call for you eventually. If you can. Okay. I, am, I, am, I imagine that it will be a lot of yelling by then. <laughs> Probably. Please rest. Um, this bird just became an allegory for sin. Uh, anyways, um, in in that hour, Barry will be examining the um, slumberjack plant to see if he can adapt those same that same pollen, uh, the same uh, what do you call it, sleeping agent, for himself. Interesting. So um, I'll say this is. Hmm. Who cares about being blue when you can be green and purple? I mean, one, fair, it's my favorite color scheme, but also two, this is interesting because now um, I would say jot this down as like you could sort of arrange to spit a sleep attack if you decided um, one zone, if you wanted to make it like an actual functional attack thing. But I will absolutely allow you to be able to like cultivate these flowers on your person. 
get there, he just got like it interspersed through his beard and just like tiny tubers. <gasps> yep. Tiny lumberjacks. Um which is an interesting thing because you notice like Barry kind of accidentally makes a mistake at first growing these where when he starts growing them the pollen actually gets into his beard and he starts to get drowsy or they start to get drowsy so Barry has to find a way to sort of regrow them so that it doesn't affect him or them pardon me I keep screwing up Barry's pronouns and I feel terrible um, that's okay I do it too that's sad um so there's a point where you get a very drowsy Barry for a few minutes and then <laughs> Barry just wakes back up and is like, oof. Um, but that said, over the course of the hour, you splint the bird's wing. You manage to make it so that the bird is comfortable. Um, Danica drawing heat away from what appears to be um, the, the wing is kind of wounded in two portions. The primary like support bone for the wing is broken. And it's a clean break, thankfully, but it is also appears to be slightly dislocated at the joint. Um, so your your use of pyromancy and pulling inflammation away and pulling the heat away helps quite a bit with the um, dislocation. So the first job is to splint the wing and then you help with the dislocation and then you start mending the wing on itself over the course of that process. You do manage to completely heal a bird. And as you all hit about that hour mark, you've reapplied the pollen a few times because the bird started to stir. You you get the sense that it is not a long-term uh, sleep. And so Barry will probably have it be where like you put them to sleep for one turn if you decide to use that in combat, that sort of thing. Um, okay, cool. It will be based on your geomancy skill, I would say, because it's going to be the act right. of rapidly cultivating that uh, pollen in order to use it against someone or if you ever choose to synthesize it for other means you absolutely can uh for those wow. for those at home person. yeah for those at home wondering what's going on um nins came up with a wonderful concept of being able to copy the traits of creatures that barry encounters or in this case, plants. Um, so it is going to be a very uh, interesting instance. If this were, if the plant were like an animal, I'd say it would probably require transfiguration. But since you are a plant-based being, I'll say Geomancy. Plant. Uh, <laughs> so you all manage to heal this bird and when it awakes it is a little bit groggy and then it notices its wing works and it starts sort of testing itself out making sure it's not in pain and it you can see that interestingly it has full like 360 control so it can just you know it's almost like it's an astronaut in space but it isn't and so it's um, it's hard not to call it adorable, but it absolutely is because there's points where it just goes darting through the trees and it like pokes its head out to see you, but it pokes its head out upside down at an angle from behind <gasps> one of the tree trunks because it is upside down. And then it just rockets off in sort of a northeasterly direction. And it is very clearly making a wide berth around the giant Titan skull, which uh, Rainy, I forgot to mention, the, the woods themselves 
are, you know, I described it earlier in the episode as like California redwoods if you took the corners and pinched them outwards. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the center of them is this massive skull with two Giant curved skull. horns. Yeah, you 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 uh, made this. Um, you also gave that description descriptor towards the end of the last episode. So. Oh, okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure you knew. Um, locally, uh, you would know that everybody considers the the Titan skull to be super cursed and haunted, so nobody goes there. Not even you. It is. <laughs> Like, we're talking super that level. Haunted. Oh, it's that level. It's just like super cursed and haunted. No. Sounds like Alyssa's jam. Yeah, no, this is the kind of like, uh, this isn't like Scooby Doo, I got spooked by a ghost haunted. This is people that go there don't come back haunted. That's, that's. Yeah, they, w- they would say the same of the Blackwood or the Blackwater Delta. The woods around the Blackwater Delta. Yeah, but that was more like folktale ask if you do certain things you won't come back this is just blanket like no 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 you don't go there period uh like even the wardens if they come to the woods they skirt the place but that said um the bird sort of just rockets off into the distance and you do notice uh a few more feathers are on sort of the gurney that you all built so I'd say you have a total of five feathers roughly at this point, just from having to splint it and, you know, move it around, take care of it. A few of the uh, older feathers that were about ready to fall out just did naturally. So mm-hmm. you've got about five of these feathers. Um, uh, how many did we want? Uh, Vinat said to grab as many as you can, and they will give you basically one vial of... Um, material to create healing salves and potions per five that you find because they get about you know three vials worth of oils out of them we can try for double um if we follow the um birds direction we might be able to find more along the way from older birds seems to be a migratory path as Alyssa is just like perched on this flax bed mm-hmm. well it it came flying out of um, a clearing not too far away. Uh, we may find tracks of what's been hurting them there. Uh, and I know it's not our original uh, objective, but I would like to ensure the survival of these creatures. I mean, almost as if on cue, you do hear. A faint echo of something roaring off in the distance. Well, that's not foreboding at all. Um, you know, it might be worth noting here, but um, earlier when we were finding the flower and stuff, right? Um, there was the sign of something rather large just kind of wandering through here. Yeah, it uh, bent the slumberjack itself, like, almost in two. We were lucky that it was still hanging on by whatever threads of the stock got left. So, with that, what would you all like to do going forward? Are you following the hummingbird's path, or are you going to try and take a separate way? You're kind of like... How to put this? If you're like here, here's the skull, and the meadow would be about here. 
So you've got maybe another hour's travel, maybe an hour and a half through the woods because you're dodging underbrush and all that stuff to get to the meadow. Oh, Barry will definitely try to make that easier using geomancy. Yeah, there's there's kind of this act of like coaxing roots out of your way, um, I would say. And it does help. It would cut it down to about an hour's worth of travel for sure. Nobody's going to twist any ankles or hurt themselves moving through here. That's basically a given. Um, as you're moving... Mm, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Do you... You have survival, yeah. Yes, I do. It's only a one card. No, that's fine. Um, make a survival check for me. I'll set this at a one as well. <laughs> I don't like this. I do not like this. Oh! King of Spades. So that is a choice of a cascade. Or, or... something else if you choose. If there's something that comes to mind that you would like, you can tell me. Otherwise, I can just come up with the extra that you get. Up to you. I'll leave it into your hands, because in my brain, is still, we, we got, like, slammed at ticket sales. I had to make change ten separate different times. Oh, no. Bisexuals and math. <laughs> Bisexuals, math, and a lobby full of people just chattering, just getting your anxiety just going higher because you're taking care of tickets. Fight so, me. Um, I may have to change up to music a little bit. Uh, so, as you're going through oh. the woods, you you wind up noticing certain things that pique your eye. Now, they're kind of things that normally would make you think this is not a safe place to be. Mm -hmm. You notice, first off, up one of the large trees, you see that some of the bark has been peeled back, as though from claws. And the bark being peeled back is fairly high above your head. So either whatever did it was big or could climb. Why not both? Why you not know both? What? Why not both? As you're moving through, you start to notice a few other signs. You find, um, you know what? Red or black, first off. Black. It is black. So I'd say you actually find another five discarded feathers along the way. But they are not necessarily damaged, but they are ruffled. You keep on moving. Mm-hmm. Going through... Slow paced. Yeah, how close are we to the skull? Uh, like, the skull can we see it? You can kind of always see it when you're in the woods because it'll peek up over the canopy. 
Um, there are points where it kind of um, the height of it disappears if the branches get too thick, but you can't like see it between the trees right now. You're still too distant. Um, you start to notice a few more things. Mm-hmm. There is a large swipe mark across one of the trees. Doesn't appear to be from a claw, but you do see like a significant swath of bark has been damaged from whatever moved across it. Ah, much like deer and scraping against trees with their antler velvet. A little bit, but I think the size of a rowboat. Mm-hmm. In terms of patch. Swath. Yep. I would like to use claromancy. (laughs) 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 I love how... So, look at the captions. (laughs) What? Um, It said... It didn't say claromancy. It said glaromancy. As in G-L-A-R-A-M-A-N-C-Y. And I'm very happy with it. Uh, Anyways... Sin, what would you like to attempt to see? Um, I would like to see, you know, like clearly something came through here and left this. I would like to see what that, what that was. Okay. Uh, your claromancy is a two, correct? It is. Okay. So I will set the difficulty at a two. Who would like to draw those two cards? Sure. Ninza, Ninza has it. Hey, no mind. Captions. <laughs> captions. Ah. Ninza's not Ninja Man. Thirteen. Ooh, Queen of Diamonds and a three. I unfortunately Diamond. played a seventeen. So no. sin. What you see. You do get a vision, but it's a bit fragmented. You see... Panicked... A panicked hummingbird moving away from this area in the in the direction of the meadow. And you hear more than see... Growls and noises akin to... And then you also hear a slight, not really, I shouldn't say slight, a very kind of thunderous crack as something hits the tree. There's a large and intimidating sound. Also, I hope my sound effects for that growl came through. I mean, <laughs> good. I hate you. <laughs> well, yes. this seems to be whatever scared the hummingbirds. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with my survival, dear, dear DM. Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I am very tired. Um, with that survival of mine, would I be able to actually, like, 
sort of piece together what exactly like like i know from the markings that we have and the tracks um i'm thinking of monster hunter hunting worlding this so like with the pieces of fragments of like the scrapes the bent flower can i figure out what monster this is from all that with a survival check you can absolutely try what's your survival a one a one um However, I have a banked card from, like, forever ago. Yes. Oh, and I forgot to remind you all. You do have three points of potential that the audience has bought you all, just collectively, oh. that you can use at any point. Um, I would also like to use the pool. point of the potential, please, if you don't mind me from grabbing from the community pool. Okay, so the difficulty for, for this is going to be a three. Not because you're under duress, but because the stuff you're seeing doesn't add up. All right. Uh, I will nab. I'm going to burn one of my banked cards, and I'll burn, and I will nab a point from the uh, community pool. Okay. So you don't have to spend any of your own potential. You just spend the potential to get the card out of your bank. Mm-hmm. So. So that is three cards total that I am drawing. The. Jack of spades, five of spades, and a king of spades. You're very lucky. Again. I pulled a jack, oh. a five, and a two. Give so. me that. What, what do you would suggest? And it's a full spade run, too. What does that do? Um, You gain one potential. Hell yeah. I would say. Depending on the skill. I can't remember what skills Spades associates with off the top of my head. Spades associate with the social skills. So presence, observation are my two social skills. Okay, fair. Um, I can't remember if it's just if you play more than a suit or if it has to match the skill. Just take one potential for now. It's fine. I don't remember my own I think we. I think we made it. It was... Uh, it was. I think we made it that if you played more than one of the suit, you would get the extra potential. Because this is a thing that came up in our first episode. Yeah. Um, in that case, just gain the potential and call it a day. So. Um, as you're going through here. What cool thing should I get with my king, though? Because I have a king. I mean, I can just give you more information for it if you'd like. That would actually be nice. Okay, so. This is a world of fantastical beasts. What you're seeing here doesn't add up because you're seeing markings from what could be two different creatures that normally are not seen in the same habitats or the same place. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you noticed from the bent flower and the claw marks you saw on the tree, it looked like a bear. You know, they looked like bear claw marks and you know that bears on occasion for at least these larger plants and things will absolutely try and bend the stalks to get a snack for sure. Mm -hmm. Especially Titans. Titanwoods bears. Yeah. And like the size and the spacing of the bear claw marks seem like could be a bear. Bear. But the swipe mm -hmm. across the tree. You haven't seen something like that since you've been to the lowlands. 
that is the kind of thing that you only see if you go, you know, like northwest or farther west. When you see when you start seeing large lizards and dinosaurs, basically, you know, drakes and dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Because that kind of thing is the idea of like. You tend to only get that shape and that kind of a scrape when a dinosaur's or a drake's tail strikes against something. And those are kind of the two things that are clashing in your head right now. Like these two aspects should not be in the same place. And then you hear it off in the distance. You hear. As one of these massive sequoia trees falls. You can't see it. It's just too dense here. But you hear it and you can feel it hit the ground and you can feel it hit other trees or in the distance. And it's in at least most of the noise comes from the direction you are looking in and you are heading towards, which is that meadow. What's that clacking noise? Oh, it's just my knees. <laughs> yeah, Barry, I should point out these trees are massive. To bring one of these trees down. You'd have to be me or something bigger. Yeah. And Alyssa just like states very slowly. I think we've got more than just one thing hurting these birds. And somehow, a drake, or a wyvern, or a dinosaur made its way down here. And there's also a bear involved. We might be dealing with two, be two beasts battling it out. Well, I hope that's the case. Then they can fight each other. But they're also headed toward the hummingbird's meadow, and if... So despite my knee's protest, we ought to go. Off in the distance, you hear the beating of those hummingbird wings, and you see a scattering of them fly towards you and past you through the woods. Let's follow the birds! I mean, they are fleeing the meadow. Follow the birds. So. Follow the birds. Unless you want to take care of this and protect them, Barry, it's up to you. I would say follow the birds. But that's just because my mom taught me better. Um... My knees told me to follow the birds. Um, but everything else that I ought to take care of them and go the opposite way. But we are a group and we can make this a group decision. Do we follow the birds? Yay or nay? I mean, we're going to find a larger collection of feathers in that meadow. 
And taking those down will potentially be able to ensure that these birds have a better survival for at least a couple more, however long. And that therein would suggest... And that therein would suggest... It's it's suddenly more... Shinnot would have... Yeah, you know what? I, I am feeling that, but I think we should head on. I mean, the Sequoia's probably going to be blocking our path anyways, but uh, I say we should probably protect the birds. And whatever scared them might be chasing them and hunting them. So. Donica, I mean, if we don't do anything now, who knows what's going to happen and if this thing will even come closer to any other towns. And besides that, we might have other Green Warden or Gleam Warden scouting. Like, this is the training ground for the scouts. I don't know about you, but I'd rather not have potentially a, a Drake or a Wyvern here trying to kill them. So, we are going to move on as you all are taking your pace through the woods. Raining, you mm-hmm. come upon the fallen sequoia, and you all have to climb over it. And it is, in terms of climbing, like, it's the equivalent of having to scale kind of a small climbing wall or a small hill. Um, and Barry will use geomancy to make it easier to climb. <laughs> Barry is the most utility character, and I love it. Um, so. Get yourself a note taker and a utility character. Always. At this point in time. You reach the top of this top i should say um but it's more of like the side of this fallen trunk you're standing on it and you see what is a beautiful meadow of giant lily flowers many of them with their stalks broken and their petals shredded Alyssa, because you've been Mm -hmm. keeping an eye for this you immediately clock As you climb the tree, the tree hasn't been uprooted. Something snapped it through the trunk. Wyvern or bear? Neither of them would be able to do this. Because neither have a powerful enough tail to do this. Drake. And that doesn't... That doesn't clock right with you. And then Danica, Alyssa is looking at the broken tree. Barry, you're looking down at the ruined flowers. Rue, you're searching for more of the hummingbirds off in the distance to see if you can give any of them a push. Danica, mm-hmm. you're taking in this scene all at once. And you are the one who looks up. 
and over the center of this meadow, you see what kind of looks like a bear, but it has almost scaled armored plating in her ridges through some of its fur. And it is hanging upside down from one of the thicker branches of the sequoia from its tail, which you see transitions into a scaly, powerfully muscled limb that is prehensile in nature. You made a danger possum! And basically, but you see the tail itself it's ends. Bear. It's a drop bear. Uh, the tail itself ends in about a six clawed, almost hand like appendage. Barry, Danica points and sort of stammers, and you look up, and you see something that shouldn't exist right now. I would like all of you to get Barry. to roll 20, please. Oh, God. God. I can't look like this and hold my knees. <laughs> you need knees, man. Uh, give me a moment. Uh, while you all are getting on to roll 20 and things, I need to fix our overlay slightly for the other scene. So give me a moment, and folks of the audience, give me a moment as well. I'm oh, sorry. Wow. There's some music the roll coming in via the... <laughs> Good, it should. The roll 20 link is in the uh, Discord chat, uh, Danica. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Should I? I need it. It is in main. Uh, it yes. should be in main. It, yes. It should be one of our tags. I need to turn this. I need to turn this down for me slightly. I love this music. Uh, so. The music, but holy shit, I chose the wrong day to wear a fancy dress. Uh, it's fine. So what I need to do is just. All of this. Sorry, folks. Just give me one second while I reorganize things. Um, for the purposes of playing initiative, uh, just play a card off the top of your deck, please. And then hold on to it and let me know what it is in a moment. Uh, should, should one of us draw for Rue? Uh, if you could, that would be nice. I need to turn All right, off. I'll do it. Oh, oh, you're not supposed to be there. Fins. Oh, damn it. You are all in so many different places, and it is quite amusing. There we go. Uh, Rue, you go up there. Oh, God. And... I need to resize. Doing it live, folks. Nins, you go there, and we are all set. All right. Turn roll 20 back on. So, you all are welcome to place yourselves where you see fit. Um, whoop. There is no snap to grid, so you can just move yourselves, and you should all be able to, I would hope. Hold on. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing the beacons of Kelstride, yeah. Oh, wrong page. My bad. Zip. 
Stream there can see go. it. Stream can see it. Uh, also, yes, we do I have. I do not have control of my token. Oh gosh! All right, uh, hold on. <laughs> Production live. <laughs> hey, you know what? It happens. At least I know what the heck I am doing. On roll twenty. Uh, and yes, all of our tokens were made by me using the art provided by Basilisk Online. And today's map is brought to you by Valor Maps, a dear friend of the show at Mr. Valor is alive on Twitter. Um, I have been able to play with Josh Valor, uh, or Josh slash Valor, on uh, Star Wars Legacies, and he's a wonderful map maker. So you should absolutely go uh, check him out. He has very kindly provided me access to his Patreon uh, backlog of maps to use. So. Uh, we are not sponsored, but I am strictly using his maps for this show because he's a friend and I want to support him. So, uh, we are about to get into it. Uh, for initiative, you all play a card off the top of the deck and tell me what you played. All right, I'll go first since I drew uh, two cards, one for Rue and one for myself. Okay. Uh, Rue got a King of Diamonds. And then I got a six of diamonds. Okay. I had. I got a. Diamonds. Uh... All right, and Danica. Seven of hearts. I don't know why I wrote all of your character names, but then I wrote nins. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, well. It, it is, yeah, basically. Um, before we get into this fight, I will tell you, Barry, the reason why you have this moment of, oh god, this shouldn't exist, this is an Urdrex. You are D-R-E-X. Okay. You would know these are not born, they are made. And they have not, and the means to make them was lost in the fall of Valdis, or the Valdian Empire. That's all I'll say for now. Um, so, Rue, you are actually up first, so I hate to make you stay in sin. But if you can play from where you are. Then? I wonder if Sin fell asleep. asleep. Sin, that's fine. It's fine. Rue, where are you? Are you alive? I mean, if he's not, if he's not waking up to any of us, he's not going to wake up to any of us at all. And it's fine. So, um, you know what? I can pilot Rue. If you can set off his phone, please do so. Um, but other than that, I can uh, functionally attempt to run him uh, as kind of a test run to get you all to see how this works. So for those at home and for the players, when you start your turn, you draw three cards. These represent your actions for the turn. There we go. Each time you do something <laughs> requiring a skill check, 
you include a card from your hand in the check. You note you using an action. Sin, we need you on set. Hi. Your presence Hi. is required, dear Emperor. <laughs> Just, just calling to make sure you're okay. And though we need more of that. Yes, we do require your appearance. Very well. <laughs> Bye-bye. Why? This is the best moment I've ever had during a game, I'm just saying. Beautiful phone call, and we caught it live. I love it. I love this. Okay, this is, but this is actually exactly the reason why uh, Ro has my phone number, just in case shit like this happens to me. Yeah. So, um, I'll wait for Sin to appear, and I'll continue explaining the way the action system works. We may run a few minutes late today, just because things happen. My fault. I'm sorry. No, it's it's actually not your fault. It's just that I want to finish this fight before we close out the episode. So I will probably do things behind the scenes to make it run a little quicker. Okay, so we so like let let's do a mock a mock a mock like uh, turn. So, so mock turn wise, you draw three cards at the start of your turn. So let's say I have these top three cards for my deck. I got a seven of cards, a six of hearts, and a two of clubs. Or yeah. seven of clubs. Yeah. So what would these do for me? Basically, what you do is these represent your actions. So you get mm -hmm. three actions per turn. Anytime mm -hmm. you do something requiring a skill check, so you make an attack, you do something that someone is trying to stop you from doing, etc., etc., you just include a card from your hand as part of the check. So okay. then you just finish it out from the deck as normal. So if you're making a skill check with two cards, you mm -hmm. use one from your hand and the second one comes from the deck. Mm -hmm. That's just to show that you are using an action as part of the skill check. These really just track how much you can do in a turn. Okay. That said, you can also, you know, for those of you, we've all played D&D, &D, for those of you used to D&D, you can also react to things outside of your turn. And if you do, you need to have a card in hand and play it out as part of the check that you're doing. Okay. When you are targeted by other people, you don't use a card from your hand as part of the check. You just play your defense because mm -hmm. it wouldn't really be fair to force you to use an action to protect yourself. That wouldn't make sense. So this is where your defense stat comes into play. When someone targets you with a thing, you play your defense. When you are targeting someone else with a thing, you play a skill check. Okay. For reactions, if you don't have a card in hand, you can still react to other things. Each time you take a reaction without a card in hand, you'll draw one less card on your next turn. So you basically can take okay. up to six it's actions. Default. Yeah, it is exactly bravely default with cards. So you can take pretty much up to six actions on your turn or between turns. But if you do, you'll skip your next turn. Okay. And that's just for your own purposes. Now, for the purposes of comparing it to D&D, because it's a reference point we all have, 
the like quote unquote size of your actions doesn't change. You can do any full skill check with any action you want. Movement just means if you want to move one square, you discard a card. And, you're good. and the squares are our zone system, so it's uh Normally for smaller creatures, um, you would have to enter a creature zone to hit them in melee. And then it's zones starting with yours heading out. So if you have something that is, um, or not starting with yours, pardon me. If you have a range of two zones, you can hit something up to two zones away. For your skills, this mm -hmm. is the point where weapons become important because if you're using ranged weapons, they will replace the range of your skill. So it is the weapon, not your skill. Okay. That, that is what makes range of weapons important because most of them get higher ranges than any skills will allow you to have this early. For okay. magic, for social skills, and all that stuff, range is equal to your skill level. Okay. Um, and that's the gist of it. Now, the one last thing you all should be aware of is when you choose to attack or deal damage, um, it's kind of a two-point thing, actually. Damage is an exchange, so if you fail the check and the enemy's in range, they'll deal damage to you. And vice versa, if they target you and they fail, you get to bonk them instead as a counterattack to make combat run more quickly. Okay. Damage is tracked in a very strange way, but in a very fun way. So when you as players take damage, you have a damage column next to your skills. That column will get filled with like stacking minus one penalties so you get to choose oh. how this goes it is minus one minus one counters for magic if anyone plays magic or has played mm -hmm. so basically it you get to choose where those counters go so you get to choose what skills take those penalties and when your penalty matches your skill level you have to start assigning them to a new skill and you can't use that skill till it gets healed so you kind of have to track what skills are still active for you because you're taking these hits over time. Mm -hmm. Your skills are your hit points, basically. Um, that said, it's four of you versus one of it, and each of you gets three actions, so this fight's probably going to go very quickly. But this is to get you used to it. So Who knows? We'll see. Uh, Rue, you're up first because I drew a king for you. Oh, joy. Only appropriate for sin drawing a king. Oh, what did you decide to do with that cascading effect? Oh, no, no, no. That was our turn order. That was our uh, turn order. Yeah, that was initiative. Oh, okay. So you're at first. <laughs> sorry, the, not the, sorry. This the, is a big, this is a big angry creature. This is um, what looks like a slightly armored bear with a massive uh, kind of prehensile tail that has a, a six clawed appendage at the end. Looks a bit like if you combined a bear with a very scaled ape. And then added a few things. I mean, I was thinking of like, you, you know, uh, Apom? That Pokemon? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a monster's Apom. You match that with a bear and an armadillo. Kind of. <laughs> Ro is very confused. That's gross. I hate that. Uh, so. <laughs> This thing has just uncurled itself. It is like hanging over the meadow from some of the branches using its tail, and I it mean, sees you all in roars. Of course. So um, this is like this is a thing that uh, a question for the DM: Is this an absolutely we have to battle the thing thing, 
or is this a is this like a bad guy or is this a thing that you could um try to communicate with this is this is not this is not a hold on this is not a naturally created creature so and it appears that it is the thing that has been wounding these hummingbirds so i will say that the chance to reason with this is exceedingly low for all of you Um, also i need to draw a thing this is is an absolute we have to at least send it packing kind of deal tell it to not come back yeah you're at least gonna have to spook it or something of the sort okay and Uh, we get three act you get three actions yep i'm going to draw this is going to show up well okay um then i suppose there we go all right, so we'll say um, this thing brought down a tree that you are all kind of standing on the trunk of. So we'll say that that black box is the tree trunk that is now just across the battlefield. Okay. So uh, you all have control. Snap to grid is turned off, so you can just move where you see fit and so on and so forth. What would you like to do, Sin? Um, I guess... Um we'll we'll start off easy and hope that this um doesn't go um too badly i am going to use a bit of aromancy and let's see about um calling on some weather patterns all right and what are you intending to do with this aromancy um i suppose we're going to try to strike it with a bolt of lightning all right uh you're free to describe this how you will um so what you'll do is you will make an aromancy check use one card from your hand as part of it and all the rest of the cards from the deck as you would a normal skill check so or like it's a level two so i draw two cards right yep so one card will be from your hand and one card will be from the top of the deck Oh, okay. So I need to draw three cards in the first place. Maybe I should do that. That'd be a good idea. So draw one from the top of the deck. All right. And one card from hand. All right. Well, the draw from the deck was this. Funny enough, I also pulled one. King of Diamonds. So uh, this thing is going to try and cascade because it does not want to get hit by lightning. I played a two. Um, so what's your total sin? So I can play any card from my hand or do I have to play this at random? No, you can play any card from your hand. This is where um, having cards in your hand comes in handy to top off uh, your skill checks. <laughs> okay, um, card in hand would be the king's mate. <laughs> well, shit. Uh, okay, what do you want for your perk? Do you want to cascade for your king? Um, I'll tell you right now, you probably don't have to because you've kicked my ass already uh, in terms of the check. So you can choose a perk or you can um, leave it up to me to offer you a choice or you can deal double damage. Well, our, our goal is to kind of scare this creature off, right? I believe so, yes. 
scare it or end its life, whichever one comes first. Uh, Nins, you're muted, by the way. <laughs> Don't choose Unmute. the wrong button. There we Yay. go. Um, if we let this go, it'll just come back. Yeah. So this is a. Okay. We so... might as well send it to the Great Sleep. Um, double damage it is. All right. Uh, so, fun side of things for me is basically I track damage for creatures based on damage to its abilities. So over time, the more damage you deal, the less things it can do. In the same way that the more damage I deal to you all, the less things you can do. Mm -hmm. So I will say, would you like this to affect one of its attacks? So either its tail or its bite or its claws one of its passive abilities or would you like to would you like it to affect its tail slam ability hmm you know something um i'm gonna go with um its tail slam ability i, I i'm imagining i'm imagining that having a prehensile tail the tail is probably going to be the trickiest the most dangerous thing to deal with so we'll go with that um trying to um, limit its abilities with that. And on that note, I'm getting very big, like, hey, this is, I, I chopped off the tail in Monster Hunter vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say that's what it is, but, uh, you're pretty close. So what happens is, uh, for Ro, who looks mildly distressed, um, in Monster Hunter, there's a mechanic where you can break the parts of creatures and that does certain things. In this instance, you won't be breaking its tail completely, but you will be wounding it to a point where it won't be able to use its tail effectively. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I wouldn't um, be that gruesome with it. It's uh, like, uh, oh, and even then, it's just like dinosaur tails that do get broken off. It's just that weird, it's that weird thing, but it affects their, like, you break off their tail spines and, and they just say you break their tail. You don't, like, completely break the thing off. It depends okay. on the monster you're haunting. Yeah, this works in the same process, except to not let it be so gruesome. It's just, you make it not want to use its tail because, ow. Um, but that said, this bolt of lightning lances out, and Rue, I kind of imagine you actually conjure a storm over you in a small manner. Um, oh, over, over it, um, over this creature. And this bolt lances downwards and strikes its tail where its tail is grasping the tree branch, causing it to let go. And then the bolt actually like arcs out and grounds out at the point of your fan that you've drawn. Bad, no and it falls to the ground and it's large enough that like it stands up and then it sweeps its now wounded tail underneath it and it is at like eye level with y'all when it's using its tail to stand and it is big me me fan in hand because i don't have it in hand right now bad no you don't hurt hummingbirds hummingbirds are friends not things that you just bat around and break in the woods I see, that I, will have to, I see that I will have to take another action. Uh, yes, you have two <laughs> more. So what would you like to do? Um, we're going to do another aeromancy. 
All right. Well, no, you might get a better draw than me on this one. Bad chance of that. Y'all know how I draw in this game. Okay, so what'd you get? Pretty good, actually. Uh, a jack and a nine, so a 19. Um, you know something? Because I, I drew a six from the deck. Um, and I think what I'm going to do for fun, just so we can go ahead and get this one out of the way, is to play this other two that I have in hand. All right, so you try and lance out with, uh, I would assume, another bolt of lightning. Um, the arc this time, it kind of expects it, so it waits till it sort of almost sees the flash happening and then dodges out of the way. And it actually sweeps its prehensile tail up at you and like scatters a shotgun of debris in your direction. So you'll take uh, one damage for that and you can assign that minus one penalty to whatever skill you like. Um, it should be... Okay fairly straightforward to use in the character sheet if you're using the updated one. If not... Oh, I don't have the updated one, but I, but I think I get it. Yeah, it's it's minus one counters for magic if you've played that. I have. So we're not using morale, it's just like a skill thing. Yeah, it's just a skill thing. So now the more damage you take, the less you can do because that just kind of makes sense. Um, okay, that's fine. But that said, uh, you do still have one more action. So if you choose to, you can uh, move one square or do whatever else you like. Can I store that action for use on a, on a later turn? You absolutely yes. can. Just hold the card. Okay, then that is what I will do. At the beginning of my next turn, do I draw three more cards? Yep. Yes. Okay. It, it is bravely default. Just with no cap. Uh, so... That was your turn, Rue. Now it's its turn. It played very high in initiative when I pre-played it. So. It gets three actions. I'm not going to draw a hand for this because meh. Um, it is going to spend one of them. Oop. I need to be on a movement, not on a drawing. It's going to spend one of them to rush up here and you see it kind of coils its tent like it goes down on all fours rushes up to the tree trunk y'all are standing on which probably puts you all about like 10 to 15 feet off the ground and then it coils its tail under it to rise up and it's gonna try and bap rue with one of its claws because rue just struck it with lighting um Can't. so mm. okay so um a question Mm -hmm. um, there is how do reactions work here uh, uh, the way the way reactions work is if you have a card in your hand you can just use that card and then you decide what you want to do for your reaction the same way you take an action however if you're trying to defend yourself with it with one of your skills you will not have to use the card from your hand you just use your defense tab yeah okay so my defense that is how many cards I draw or what how does that work uh, your defense is just a skill check, um, so it's the same idea as you just played off the top of the deck uh, okay. if you're targeted by a thing. So if you'd like to take a reaction and do something other than just try and defend yourself, you certainly can. Okay, well, here's what I would like to do specifically. I would like to try to 
um, use a concentrated um, blast of air from this magical fan to move myself out of the way. As a reaction, you, yeah, I'd say that it would take it would take it a reaction, but you certainly can because um, okay. well, I'm treating it like movement. Yeah, uh, that's that's I, I thought as much. Um, hmm. I guess there are a couple of ways I could go about doing that now that I think about it, but aromancy was the first thing I thought about. Um, so I have a defensive two. Do I just draw two cards? Yep, just play two off the top of the deck. Okay. It has an attack of two. I need to draw two. Um, well, this is fun. So I have um, a 10. Uh-huh. And an ace. Okay, so remember to mark your omen for that ace. Okay. Um, also, bark like three destinies because of your kings this game. Um, oh, crap. I need to mark like how many destinies? I got like two kings, I think. So I have two mm-hmm. destinies? I think so, yeah. Hold uh, on, so you. Mar- okay, hold on. Three destinies and. And just one, I, hmm, I guess I have like, what, two omens now? Yep. So. I haven't uh, been able to keep track of my previous ones. Oops. Because this is, first off, I played a jack and a queen. So this thing's, he's gonna bop you as you try and move. I'm not gonna prevent your movement from happening because it's still a reaction anyways. I will say though, um, for that ace. I don't think there's, I don't know if you can spend potential to overwrite that, but if you can, well, there's that. Um, but we'll see. We do, we do have a pool of uh, two potential. Yep, you do still have two, like just communal potential that you could spend. Um, if you'd like, you can certainly play it, uh, a banked card with it if you have any banked cards. I do. So I give you, back when I take out. You, you can spend a point to play a banked card. Did you choose? Hmm. Okay. And let's do that and see what happens. I have an eight. Um, so that would be an 18. Okay. I still have a jack and a queen for his attack. So, so. A 20. Yep. If you have any more banked cards, you can use them. If not, um, I mean, I probably do, but I should probably also not spend them all at once. We're just going to see what happens. A fair point. So it's gonna bop you. I'll say for that ace. Um, would you would you prefer to uh, draw one less card on your next turn as it kind of knocks the wind out of you, or would you prefer to drop your fan for a moment and take a slight penalty to your aromancy? Um, until you can retrieve it. Neither of these are good things. But I mean, it's also an omen card you drew. Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. Um, I think I will just draw one less card next turn. Okay, cool. So you get bopped and it sort of knocks the wind out of you. Also, Rainy, why are you purchasing potential? <laughs> I told you, I give back what I take out. 
I need to up the cost of that. Um, but that's it. Excuse you? It's fine. I don't know if that's allowed. I don't know if those are, I don't know I if those are part of the rules. I put that there for the audience. I'm part of the audience. Uh, that said, it does that. It moves forward one. Uh, it has one more action, so it's actually going to move at an angle back away from y'all because it does not want to deal with you. And that's its turn. Uh, next up is... Sorry. Ro, if I remember right. Yes. Unless Barry yes. got above Ro. Ro, you no, are... No, I think uh, it was... Danica. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's... Uh, Ro, Creature, Danica, Alyssa, Barry. Okay. Um... <laughs> It's currently two away from you. Yeah, so... I'm going to draw my sword. Mm -hmm. And make a slash at it using my pyromancy to extend the blade. Okay, Uh, so that'll be a pyromancy track, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um. Ooh, that's bad. So that's a two. So it's a king of hearts and five of spades. King of hearts and five of spades. Yeah, you definitely hit. Um. So you strike this thing. Uh, how do you how do you imagine this flame blade strikes it? Kind of. So I'm going to take the blade and as I swing, it's kind of like the flame kind of whip-like, whip-like swings and slashes across the front of it. Okay. Uh, so you've hit on a thing. Um, I'll tell you right now, you discovered this thing's fear, which is fire. <laughs> and because of that, you're going to deal two damage instead of one to it. Now, yes. you've slashed it across the face. So I'll say that goes towards its melee attack because part of its melee attack is potentially a bite. So you have potentially turned off its melee attack. Um, It is looking kind of hurt. A few more hits like that and it'll be down. Um, You still have two more actions. Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to bank that king and... Okay, bravely, Danica. <laughs> uh, let's see if it's fear is fire. I'm going to move up one and do the same thing, but make it more of like a wall in front of it. Okay, uh, it's defense. It's a queen and an eight. I got a queen and a nine. So you bring this wall up and it gets very angry at you as it sees you approach. And you expect it to kind of like come down on top of you because it's sort of standing with its tail right now. But instead, it much more agile than you anticipated. It backflips off its tail and lashes you with the tail as it does so. So you'll take 
one point of damage from that mm, okay, uh, in the exchange. Where. So you can assign that to whatever skill you choose. Uh, that said... I do believe it is Alyssa's turn next. Yes. Um, Alyssa, we're not going to get fancy with it. It's, you just watched a, dino, a dino bear do a backflip. Yeah, dino bear do a backflip, but dino bear also has to face with uh, carapace punching arrows with big ass bow. Mm -hmm. Monster hunter time. So, what would you like to do? Okay, first of all, I gotta draw my three cards. And I would like to make a precision check. All right. And launch a fire, launch an arrow. Um, if the wall of fire's still up, probably through the firewall, but... Oh yeah, yeah it would still be up. I imagine this is all, like, after it rushed you, this is all kind of happening at once, uh, in terms of uh, you so and Danica. Like a, so it's like a six, so this is like a six second per turn kind of deal. Yeah, I get flexible with combat time here because I want you all to be able to do cool things. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll say you can absolutely light an arrow on fire as it passes through a firewall. Of course, it's actually made of wood. Anyways, uh, so I will use my precision check for that. That is one card. That's a nine of diamonds and a jack of hearts. Yeah, I played a three and a two for its defense. So <laughs> this boy hurt. Um... Where would you like to sink that point of damage? What were you aiming for? Um, let's see. Bites down. Tail slams down. Oh. We're going to make this hurt and make sure that it can't do like a claw attack with its tail. Or it oh, can't so do the scoopy. So you're aiming for the tail again. Would you like its ranged attack to take the damage or would you like its power to take the damage? Because it still has a bit of use of its tail left ranged attack to take the damage. I don't want it scattering um, debris in, our, in my friend's faces. Okay. So you sink an arrow into its tail and it screeches. Um, you should have behaved. You... I told you to behave. <laughs> you did tell it to behave. What would? What else would you like to do? Um. You know what? In earnest of making sure that this thing is gone, I'm going to do another arrow. All right. Go for it. All right, that's another precision check. That is a seven of clubs and a three of hearts. I played two aces. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the benefit on this. Do you want? Do you want one of its abilities to be shut off as well as dealing damage, or? Do you just want to deal double damage and let me assign it? Double damage and let you assign accordingly. Okay. So... Or does this creature just draw two less cards on its next turn? I mean, <laughs> I could also do that if you'd like, because yes. actually now that I think about it, double damage and have it assigned is a little bit rough. Um, I mean, we're trying to get rough, but okay, sure. Uh, I'll have it just only draw one turn. One card okay. turn. So it'll draw one action on its next turn, and it is very sluggish and stunned. Um, I'll say we'll sink those points of damage into that. So uh, it is 
looking very sore right now. Um, <laughs> I believe you have one shot left. Are you going to take the shot? I'm, I'm taking the shot. I, I, taking the shot. All right. That's a five of clubs and a two of diamonds. So that's a failure on that one, but that's fine. Yes, it is a failure on that one. So when this third arrow um, basically bounces off one of its scales, because it's hard to miss, it's so chunky, um, it kind of rounds its head on you and then settles like off of its tail and the tail comes up behind it and chunks like chucks a stone at you or a piece of block. Uh, so you'll take one damage from that. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, that said, Barry, it's your turn. Um, so I believe that there is a partial wall of fire. There is a partial wall of fire, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, as my first action, I would like to create a ring of, um, uh, what do you call it, dry plant material around the creature so that the wall will expand around the creature. Okay, uh, I'll say, do you intend for this to deal damage immediately, or would you rather it be uh, an environmental no. effect? I would rather it be an environmental effect. Okay, so in that case, um, play me a geomancy skill check, and we'll see just how far this ring goes. If it's a full circle or a semicircle. That is two tens for twenty. Ooh, yeah. All right. So, um, I'm just gonna do one of these real quick, and we're just gonna. Zip. There is now a ring of fire around this creature, and it is very panicked. Um. Johnny Cash starts playing in the background. Was it Johnny Cash? It was Johnny it was. Cash. Yes. Yes, um, it was Johnny Cash. And then, uh, you know, we would like, uh, Barry would like to um, control the earth so that uh, a large stake um, plummets out from underneath the the, um, what do you call it? The Ur... Urdrex. Um, the Urix? Urdrex. Uh, okay. So, play your Geomancy skill. Play your Geomancy skill check. Mm-mm-mm. This thing is just getting bullied. Uh, that is a 16. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where would you like this damage to go? I will tell you, it's melee attack, one of its passives, and its power are, like, on their last legs. Uh, then I'll take care of its melee attack. We'll we'll give it a, a big old thorn in the paw. You absolutely do. So you <laughs> spear it through one of its paws and the fire roars up around it. So it is disoriented and wounded and you get the sense that it will not have a clean shot with either its bite or its claws. Um... And then we'll use my last action to do the same thing on the other paw. Okay. Uh, holy crap. For 
<laughs> Jack and a king. All right, so would you like to deal Jesus. double damage or would you like some other perk? Uh, I would like to deal double, double damage. All right, so since you're double dealing... Double I will... I'll say... Um, I'll take out one of its passives and the damage will overflow to the other passive as well. It says two. So one of it, it is more than halfway down at this point. I should have upped its defense, but that's fine. All right, uh, it is now your turn, Rue. Um, are there any like open or fleshy parts of the creature? After um, all this- after all this beating, yes, there are also a couple of well-placed arrows that make great lightning rods. Okay, um, so because, oh wait, I just have one less card this turn. Yes. All right, so, um, okay. This is me being extra, but I know that extra is kind of what we aim for around here. Mm -hmm. How far can I throw a soul-forged weapon? I'd say uh, equal to your skill level, unless you have like a vigor or some other skill that's better. Like okay. it's that it's that idea of yeet with soul forging, or unless you have like vigor or dueling that's higher, you can use one of those. It's up to you. Okay, so I know my soul forging is definitely higher than my vigor. I don't know. Wait, is it what range is it away from us? Uh, it is two zones away from you. Okay, so this is what I'm thinking. You can tell me if this is something I could even do. Um, the only way I really know how to describe it is to try to use soul forging to like knock it out of phase and disorient it. Okay, uh, Disorient is a status effect, so you can absolutely do this, yes. Um, okay, so let's see. We get one card from hand and one card from deck. Please, card from deck. Um, okay, we have a 10 and a 5. I pulled an ace. How badly do you want to Disorient this? Like, I want this, like, for a moment, this creature should see the entire world go from... How did this creature see the world? In color, I guess? Is oh, yeah. Is it in color or is it in black and white? It sees it, it in color. See the world. It should see the whole thing go from, like, rich, lavish color to a sickly color of green. <laughs> it does. And I will also say, because you've disoriented it, it can't attack past melee while disoriented but you also broke its melee. So it currently is like in the way that bears do when they take a, a boot to the snoot, it is like covering its face with its wounded claws right now and roaring so, angrily. Signature phrases have been said, although we don't know what they are yet. Um, and I summon my sword from the ether and throw it straight at the creature through the fire. And then you just hear roaring a moment later. And you're just like, um, wait, what did you do? It's like, I gotta, wait, what did you do? Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So, um, well, there's one card. 
I guess for my second action here, you know what? I think I'm going to just save the other two actions. Save your action. All right. Uh, next up is the Urdrax's turn. It is surrounded by fire on all sides, and it currently could only attack in melee, but doesn't have its melee attack anymore. Uh, so it is going to attempt to shotgun some debris through the wall of fire at Ro, because Ro is in melee with it. Um, uh, so it's got two cards. I pulled a king and a six, so it's going to cascade on that to try and extra hit you. Yeah, I've, I've got a 26 on this. Yeah, no, I got a total of seven. That's going to. Yeah, so you're going to actually um, take one damage for this one as it swipes its tail in your direction again. And you kind of see it swipe like somewhat through the wall of fire and then there's just like a log and some debris clocks you like full force in the chest oh, okay uh so that said um that is also the only action it gets this turn because of certain things uh looking at you there Alyssa, and looking at you there uh rue so it is now, uh, I believe, Danica's turn. Danica, it's my turn. My turn. You just got clocked by debris. There are twigs in your hair and a log at your feet, and you are at a breast. I'm going to try to... Yeah, I'm going to manipulate the ring of fire and kind of push it into it. Okay, uh, so... Make, yeah, teamwork. Make fire check. That's a queen and a two, so it's a total of 12. I got an 11, so it works. And it's taking double damage from the fire right now because it's afraid of it, so... Oh, God. Uh, it is almost down. It just has its raged attack left. You have two actions we left. What would you like? Really demonic right now. Um. <laughs> well, you have to remember too. In the middle of all this, I'm not describing it well, but it has been moving back and forth. It's been trying to hit you all and missing. Like whenever you all take a strike, it tries to hit you. It's just you're hitting it first. So it has been chucking debris. Um. It's thrown a couple logs. Like. I'm going to... I got this last shot, Danica, if you don't want to attack it anymore. I'm just going to move a little bit out of its way, just a little bit. Okay, I'm saving the rest of my actions. I'm good. All right. Uh, Alyssa, you're up. Mm-hmm. And I'm drawing three? Yep. Yeah. All right. One last go, precision. Strike once again through the ring of fire. All right. So that is a fuck ace and a jack. Well, you're still going to hit because I played so poorly. Um, That's an omen, though. 
Yeah, so mark your omen. I'll say, um, mm. string slap. I mean, string slap fucking hurts, especially with that goddamn bow. Sure, take one damage from string slap. Why not? No, I like, it like got underneath the arm guard. Yep. It, I'm, I'm actually probably bleeding a little bit because of that fucking shit. Yeah, so take the one damage, and it takes one damage. I'm... Like having a string break when you're trying to play guitar during a concert. I've had that happen. Um, So, uh, Rainy, it is on its last leg. Mm -hmm. You have Mm -hmm. two more actions. Mm -hmm. I thought that... I thought I damaged it. You did. It took okay. one point of damage. All right. You know what? Let the fates be kind, and this thing isn't really going to be. Essentially, we're leaving this thing out here to perish anyway, so I might as well make it quick. Um, one last go. One last shot. Okay, six of diamonds and. And eight of hearts from, or, or a nine of hearts from my hand. Just would you? Barely. I have a question, um, because well, let me ask a question about these sorts of actions. Can I have a call back to episode one of our show? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How do I do that? Do I need to, sp- do I need to spend. A- She's already succeeded on the check, so just spend an action, and we'll say this happens. Okay, uh, actions away. I mean, honestly, um, that would make sense, though, for Rue to do a callback, because he probably sees Alyssa just, like, shake her uh, bow arm out a bit because of that Mm -hmm. string slap. So. Alyssa. I'll tell you right now, this will down the creature. Mm-hmm. You pull back your string and you feel the gust of wind behind you and you time it for the peak of the gust. You get one of those anime swirling airlines around like the arrow. And then as that happens over the sound of the gust of wind, you also just hear. Nice. And you watch as the arrow flies. And I would say it is potentially only Rue that might notice this because Rue is focused on helping Alyssa versus the rest of the battle. As Alyssa draws, Rue, you immediately get this sense of there's almost a secondary, larger, slightly broader shouldered silhouette. Like a superimposed figure. Not really superimposed, but almost like firing line style next to her. And you only Rue and Alyssa would see this really. But as the arrow flies, it's almost like it has its own spectral shadow. And there's two hits when it strikes instead of one. And then the creature roars and it rears up on its hind legs in front of you. Danica, and you're afraid it's going to come down on top of you. 
and then it falls backwards onto its back. So that ends the fight and we are running over time, but I do want to give a bit of a little exit narration as well. Um, Barry roils the earth to put out the fire immediately. I would assume so. And Barry, mm -hmm. it is you for whom this narration takes place. Okay. You are a person who has studied the magics and slightly the histories of this world. You know that the Urdrex were created as war beasts, and they are, for lack of a better term, Chimera. They are a fusion of other creatures in that Full Metal Alchemist style of Chimera. Generally a dinosaur and a bear. After you royal the Earth, you get a sense kind of of this creature's tie to the wild at a distance, and you're sort of drawn to it. And upon looking it over, it is on its back with its mouth open. And on its tongue, you find an emblem of a crescent moon over Caduceus. And that is where we are going to end today's episode. Uh, mm -hmm. so. I, I'm going to have to watch the VOD to miss like our wonderful trekking adventures. I'm so sorry <laughs> everybody that I had to miss it. I, it's really hard to, you know, get out of. Shout out to it. Shout out to Etsy um, for these cards. These were fun to play with. Ooh, they are lovely. Where'd you get them? You'll have um, to link was, the shot. Link I the shot. They they have two they have two complementary decks. One of them is primary black with gold print, and the other one is primary gold with normal color print. So uh, I bought black this and gold. Someone... Black black and gold. That that's an Alyssa deck right there. It is. Um, so I bought this because there's a game um, that um, there's a special kind of thing that's coming up, and my counterpart in that game bought the black and gold deck. Nice. So thank we you like, for everyone like who thank you for everyone who joined us. Thank you for joining us late, Rainy. I know today was a long day for you and I appreciate it. Thank you all of you. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed your first combat, even though it was a little bit of a steamroll. I wanted to get you all used to the mechanics. So, you know, steam so rolls are good can, for that. So that you can beat us up later. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and also so I could drop a little bit of a, a little bit of a tasty hint here and there. But that said, um, thank you for everyone at home who joined us, but we are going to kind of just get into our outro here. So overlay order, Sin, Rainy, Ro, Nins, do the thing and tell people where they can find you. Hi, my name is, um, Finziak of the Son of Flower Kingdom. Um, I am he, him. My character is um, Rue, who is from the They Them Empire, as Nins called it earlier. As far as places that you can find me, you can find me on the Twitters and also here on Mondays and Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And obviously, among this lovely cast of people every other week. Hi, I'm Rainy. Uh, I joined a slate. 
<laughs> I, I am of the she, her, and they, them interchangeably kingdom. I, you can find me here as Rainy Keys, uh, for art streams and gaming streams. And you can also find me on Twitter at Rain Keys. I played Alyssa Vesper, who's also she, who is she, her. And I am Monroe. Um, I'm a Heave Goblin. And um, I play uh, Danica, who is of the Shive Empire. And um, y'all can find me at MonroeRo98 on Twitter, where I do game design stuff, writing, editing, and sensitivity reading. One, one, she, them, goblin for one. Or he, them, goblin for one. That's all that I can yep. think of. Uh... I am Ninbins. You can find me at Ninbins. My pronouns uh, hail from the mountain of he him. I play <laughs> I play ye old berry, uh, whose whose pronouns hail from the they vampire. And I am Eric, aka Eldritch Crow, your narrator, court jester of the Heath Empire um as always and god knows i've been messing up pronouns left and right this night so it only makes sense that i can't figure out my own um <laughs> it's fine but i do hope you all have a wonderful week stay safe be happy have a good day and thank you for joining us as always good night everybody bye, bye. bye. bye.